Well, would you care to turn to uh, Acts chapter 2? Last Sunday was which Sunday or Pentecost Sunday? And since I wasn't here, here I am today to talk to you about that. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And I hope I won't contradict anything my friend Sandy said to you. Um, Sandy McKeith has been talking about the Holy Spirit. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazing. The Holy Spirit could be called the neglected person of the Trinity. You know that we believe that God is a triunity or a trinity. Um, if you want illustrations of it, they've got the, the story of water, H2O, exists in three phases. There's um, ice, the liquid water and steam are all the story of H2O. Or take this book, um, in the matter of solid objects, it has three dimensions. It has length, it has breadth, it has depth or thickness. And if you take away the length, would there be a book? No. Or the, the breadth, would there be a book? Or the thickness or depth, would there be a book? No. To exist as a solid object... It requires to exist in three dimensions. And God exists in three dimensions. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the neglected person of the Trinity. I say person with emphasis because he is not an it. He is not a thing. He is not an influence. An American scholar said that Paul believed in the Holy Spirit like a quasi-material fluid. What an awful description that was of the Holy Spirit. A quasi-material fluid like honey or syrup or something like that, you know. Um, but he's not that. And uh, in Greek, the New Testament was inspired to be written in Greek, as you know. Um, when Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit, um, the, the word for, Greek, for spirit in Greek is neuter in its gender. But every time the Lord mentions the Spirit in John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, he always uses not the neuter, he uses the masculine, he, ho, not to. It's very significant, he's a person. He can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He can be quenched. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 Do not quench or put out the Spirit's fire. And he can be resisted. In Stephen's great speech in Acts chapter 7, he says to the Jews that were gathered there, You are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. And there are various terms um, describing the Holy Spirit's coming to people to be baptized, to be filled, to be sealed, to have, to receive. And sometimes it's difficult to separate them out. In fact, it might not be advisable sometimes to separate them out, to laminate them is a word I would use. I have them in layers, but each one with a special label. And especially dangerous if you separate them to the extent that people move up the ladder in terms of their experience of the Holy Spirit. And when you look at the first first Corinthians twelve thirteen, um, it's very inclusive. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Living the Christian life without the Holy Spirit is an impossibility. I could never face a day as a Christian without knowing that my life was governed by the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Jesus. When Jesus left the disciples, he said, I won't leave you orphans. He says, orphan is the Greek word from which we get our English word orphans. I won't leave you orphans, he says. I will send another the Greek word is parakleto, or sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit as the paraclete. Well, the parabit is a preposition that means alongside. And the kletos bit is the passive phase of the verb to call. And the Holy Spirit is literally the called alongside one. And I don't find it in any modern translations, but my favourite translation is the supporter. I think that envisages the whole thing he's the supporter, he's there to support the life of God and the soul of man and in our lives it's absolutely wonderful to think that the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and there are images of the Holy Spirit in the Bible he's a wind that blows, we read in Acts 2 suddenly the sound like a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven um, John 3 verse 8 Jesus says is, is having a discussion with the top theologian in Judaism who sounds like an Irishman Nick Odemus but he isn't, he's a Jew and uh, he's having a discussion with Nick Odemus and he says that you must be born again and he says unless you're born <coughs> of the spirit uh, let's look it up and read it exactly John chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, uh, the Old Testament word is Ruach. The Ruach Adonai is the Spirit of the Lord in the Old Testament. And Ruach means wind or it means air. Um, like breath in a human body or it means the wind blowing in the desert and remember that 
Um, Israel spent quite a bit of time in the desert. And in Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel has a vision out in the desert. Uh, chapter 37, it's bound to be in this Bible somewhere. Um, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Ruach Adonai, the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He's an energy that blends as well as a wind that, wind that blows. The tragedy of death is still written all over the Middle East. And we're praying, praying in Father's Day. Pray for all those children who've been made fatherless in Iraq this week. Um, well, the Middle East is littered with the dead bodies of the slain, rotting to bone level. And Ezekiel, in his vision, he led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Many bones, very dry. And he, he asked me, he said, Ezekiel says, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O oh, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And in verses 9 and 10, he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to, the, to it, the Ruach, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O Ruach, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered me entered them they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army and it's a kind of vision for Ezekiel of the, the resurgence of life in the people of God who were now in exile and you know it's a kind of visual aid for us too because before we came to know Christ we had no life life was just existence Lord, this is an old Baptist hymn, so I'll quote it to you if I can remember. Lord, I was blind, I could not see in thy marred visage any grace. Lord, I was deaf, I could not hear the thrilling music of your voice. Lord, I was dumb, I could not speak the wonders of your name. Lord, I was dead, I could not stir my lifeless soul to come to thee. But you know, God comes and God gives us this energy that blends through the Holy Spirit. He's a wind that blows, he's an energy that blends, he's a gift that blesses. He's the hoparacletos, he's the supporter alongside us. He's a living gift and he's a loving gift who makes Jesus real to us. And makes us more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, Now we look, we gaze in a mirror. As in a mirror, he says, we see the glory of the Lord. And we are metamorphosed. We are like a, a chrysalis changing into a butterfly. We are transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so he's a, he's a loving gift, as well as a living gift, this wonderful Holy Spirit. And so, that's a wee bit about the Holy Spirit, our need of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'll highlight a text, and that'll do me for today. Um, Ephesians chapter 5, and verses 17 and 18. 
Absolutely wonderful verses. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. He says, Do not be foolish. Don't be fools. Don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So first of all, he says, don't be fools. Well, how do you define a fool? You've got to be careful. Jesus said, be careful who we call a fool. How do you define a fool? Well, a fool mistakes himself for God. And you've got guys who are on strutting in the stages of history right now who think they're God. And fools mistake their bodies for their souls. They think the whole thing that matters is your body and how you can pamper it. Make it smell nice, make it look nice, and all that kind of stuff. Mistake themselves for God, their bodies for their souls, and time for eternity. There's a song, uh, there's a folk singer comes from, he's a Christian from Orkney, and he's got a marvellous song I love. He's a sort of bluegrass guitar player, and uh, his name's Harkis, and he's got a song, Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven, But Nobody Wants to Die. And I know folk who don't even, Christian folk who don't even make preparation for death, you know? They've, they've, they've come to know Jesus and so on, but they're getting older and they need to think about their legacy to their family and all that kind of stuff. Don't be fooled, don't mistake time for eternity. Um, <clears throat> time passes, eternity comes. Fools mistake themselves for God, their bodies for their souls, and time for eternity. Fools are governed by feelings. And the whole of your newspapers all week, you can read it about all the tragedies that happen in families because of people's foolish selfishness run by their emotions. And they leave behind them a catalogue of, of criminal behaviour in the, in the family circles in which they've moved. Fools are governed by feelings. Fools are governed by desires. Fools are governed by impulses and instincts. Misdirected zeal. Fools don't think around what they're doing or whether it, what the implications of what they're doing are. And they don't think ahead. They don't think around and they don't think ahead. Don't be foolish, Paul says. Don't be fools, but do be filled. He says in verse 18, verse 17, do not be foolish. Verse 18, um, do not get drunk with wine, he says. And he specifies a particular activity. Uh, drunkenness. I don't know what you believe about drink and alcohol. Um, you can't make a, I, I don't think you can make a cast iron case for total abstinence directly from the New Testament since Jesus gave a, ma, a, a married couple of 150 gallons of wine for their wedding present. Uh, and it couldn't all be slower, I don't think. <laughs> but there are indirect um, uh, teachings that I would say go for total abstinence. But that's by the way, I would say, first of all, um, your brother, you might be able to hold your drink, but he might not be, and he sees you, he copies you, and he goes down the drain. 
Secondly, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is it a worthy place for booze? Um, and the third thing is your brass, your money, how much it costs. I was talking to somebody recently. I said, how much is beer in Edinburgh? <laughs> he lived in Edinburgh. And he goes to the pub a lot. He said, well, in our bit it's £3 a pint. I nearly fell off my chair. He said, if you go to the centre of Edinburgh, it's £5 a pint. That's a lot of money. It's your brass. Is it a good stewardship of God's money to spend a lot of your money on booze? Don't get drunk, he says. Don't get drunk. And some folk think being filled with the Holy Spirit means you're like drunk. You know, stagger about and do silly things. There's contrasted here. Don't get drunk, but do be filled. They're different. In fact, oh, I'm going to use a big word. I love this big word. Pharmacologically, pharmacologically, alcohol is a depressant. The Holy Spirit, by way of contrast, is a stimulant. You ever thought about that? Drinks a suppressant. It suppresses a lot of your bad feelings. Some say it's a good thing for that. I say, no, the Bible says no, don't get drunk. But be filled because the Holy Spirit is a stimulant. When we come to know God in Christ, it transforms everything for us. Heaven above is softer, blue earth around is sweeter green. Something lives in every hue Christless eyes have never seen. Birds with gladder songs overflow, flowers with deeper beauty shine. Since I know as now I know, I am his and he is mine. Isn't that wonderful? He's a stimulant. He stimulates our Bible reading, stimulates our prayer, stimulates our fellowship so we want to be with the people of God. And we want our children to pick up what we've got. Because a very few people have this experience of God that we have. We need to share it um, with our families and with everyone we come into contact and personally, <coughs> don't get drunk, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do be filled. In First Corinthians twelve thirteen, it says, We were made to drink of one Spirit. And he uses a horticultural image here. We were made to... Be irrigated or drenched <laughs> in one spirit. We have plants in God's garden, you know. In John 15, Jesus uses the imagery of the vine. And God is the vine dresser. It's a horticultural image, or else it's a medical image, because the body has a complex irrigation system. You water your plants. What about your body? Well, you see, we each have an irrigation system which supplies fluids all around our body. I was talking to a lady yesterday um, who's got terrible trouble with macular degeneration in her eyes. And she's got dry eyes. The, the irrigation system somehow isn't working as far as her eyes are concerned. And she's had about 12 injections into her eyes which must be very painful. It's an irrigation system our bodies have. It's a horticultural image of watering plants. It's a medical image of having an irrigation system of fluids to your body. And the irrigation systems of the spiritual body are as efficient as those 
of the physical body. God can supply our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes to us and supplies our needs in that respect. And he uses a wonderful verb. He says, be filled be filled. Now you don't think you can trust God and do what you like. That used to be an old motto. Trust God and do what you like. That's not right. That's not biblical. Trust God and do what you like. You can't do that. I said to you at the start, the Holy Spirit can be quenched. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. How can you expect God to bless you if you're living out of God's will? If you've grieved, quenched, or hurt the Holy Spirit in any way, it requires a studious, sensitive care of our lives before God. And he uses this fantastic verb. Pleruste. <laughs> in entonumity. Be filled with the Spirit. There's a few things about it and I'm finished. First of all, eh, there are four participles and two imperatives here. I don't know if you're into grammar. I love gra- uh, Greek grammar. It's wonderful. That's how Holy Spirit inspired it. Um, there's two imperatives. Don't get drunk. Do be filled. There are orders. There's commands, right? There's f- two imperatives and four participles. Speaking, singing, thanking, and submitting. These are the, the four participles in these verses. As you develop into verse 19. And the first thing to notice is this. Be filled is imperative mood. It's command mode. It's not an option. It's a command. It's an order from God. Be filled. That's the first thing. Second thing is plural form. All of you. We're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Tells us in Acts 2. Be filled with the Holy Spirit is plural. It's not for an, an intellectual or a spiritual elite over in the corner there. The Holy Spirit's a special wee secret. Would you like me to tell you about it? Um, that's not what it's like at all. It's for all of you. Be filled. All of you. Be filled. It's an order. And it's plural. It's all, not an elite. Then it's passive voice. Be filled. It's a passive voice. What does that mean? Well, it means I can't work it up. You know, it's not something you can work up. It's not a skill. It's a gift, right? It's not a skill. It's a gift. God gives you the Holy Spirit. And he's a great... Graham was saying he's a generous God. Every good and perfect gift. That includes the Holy Spirit. Every good and perfect gift. It's passive voice. I wrote the life of uh, Jock Troop, the revivalist evangelist, and he was powerful. He was just a wee guy, about five feet ten. Massive paws he had. He didn't have hands, he had like paws, you know. I, mean, I, spoke, talking, I met his next door neighbour, and the amazing providence of God when I went up north and went looking for stuff. God led me a whole lot of people. One of them was his next door neighbour, he said he could pick up a fully inflated football easily with one hand. Massive pause. And this journalist came up to him one day, and God was blessing Jock everywhere he went, for was trusting Christ. He was in the spirit. Uh, he was filled with the spirit and preached the gospel and saw lots of folk come to God and this journalist said 
Where do these revivals come from anyway, Mr. Troop? You know? <laughs> the drug grabbed him by the lapels and he made him kneel down physically. He got him kneeling down and man thought he was, it was, his end had come. <laughs> and Jock says, they come from God. And let the guy go big sigh of relief and all that, you know. <laughs> they come from God. His passive voice, it comes from God, the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes from God. Imperative mood, plural form, passive voice, present tense, that's the fourth thing about it. Pleuristi. Keep on being filled. The present tense in Greek indicates continuous action. Keep on being filled. I don't find it a very adequate image to say why do we need to get filled because we leak you know we don't leak what was he talking about we leak <laughs> we don't leak <laughs> it's a continuous renewal of God's good gift as you come to him and the question is not so much how much you have of him as how much he has of you that's really the issue isn't it? There's a wonderful Christian called Robert Murray McShane. He said a whole lot of stuff. He died when he was 29. A revival broke out in his church when he was away. <laughs> he went away to the Holy Land and God had the sovereignty in that revival. In case Jock Troop, in case Robert Murray McShane got, the, got the, the big head and the status of doing it, while he was in Israel, revival broke out in his church. And when he came back, everything was going gung-ho in a way he'd never dreamt of in his life. And he used to say, he said some wonderful things. One of the things he said was, live so as to be missed. That was a good one, wasn't it? Another thing he said is, Lord, make me as holy as it is possible for a saved sinner to be. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Make me as holy as it is possible for a saved sinner to be. And D.L. Moody heard somebody saying that the world had yet to see what God could do through a man wholly yielded to him. And D.L. Moody said, I wanted to be that man. And God blessed D.L. Moody tremendously well. Let's pray together. Oh God, our Father... We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit given to the church at its birth in Pentecost and still in our lives and in our hearts. And we thank you, O God, for we thank you, God, for your presence with us every day, for the fact that when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ we can be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another as by the Spirit of the Lord and we ask you to help us to put away all known sin and not to grieve or resist or quench the Holy Spirit but to come to you and ask you Lord fill us again for Jesus sake Amen